You guys have picked an awesome day to be here. I'm really excited. We're going to resume in a sermon series, right, that we started three weeks ago already. We are on part three already of Choose Life. Say that with me. Choose Life. Every single day, you and I get to make a choice. Let me recant that. We get to make choices. <laughs> we get to make choice. You know, if you choose Jesus at 6 a.m., you might have to choose Jesus again at like 6.03, Right? Am I, am, I, am I preaching to somebody already? Hey, by, by, by 7 o'clock, you might have, have to choose Jesus again, right? We got to get real. We got to get honest. We got to get open, and we got to be in relationship with God. And we have to choose life. It's essential for your joy. It's essential for your faith. It's essential for you. It's essential for your kids. It's essential for you at your workplace that you choose Life every single day. Deuteronomy chapter 30, we'll read it here in a moment. God says, I, I will call on heaven and earth to be, to be a witness of what you choose today. You can choose life or death, blessings and curses. When we, when we don't choose life, choosing life is simply choosing faith in God through His Son. When we choose anything else, we reap the the, 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 I don't want to say benefits, we reap the benefits of that choice, which is death and destruction and curses. Who wants to be blessed? I want to raise both my hands. And so it's essential that Ian chooses life. It's essential that Ian chooses faith over fear. Last week we started part two. We talked all about choosing life through choosing faith over fear, and we're not going to really hit anything that we talked about last week, but if you want to catch up or see and look back what we talked about, that message is available for you online. Get on our social media pages or on our church app, and you can consume that during your quiet time or any time this week. But today, we're going we're gonna to kind of flip the page on faith over fear. We're going to talk about prayer. Say that with me, prayer. We're going to talk about choosing life through choosing prayer over panic. And man, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm excited to dive in and look at what prayer is and what prayer does for children of God. Right? So let's read that Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. It's our foundational scripture for this whole message. It says, I call on heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I set before you what? Life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, choose Life, elbow your neighbor if you got one and they say, hey, choose life. Choose life. If you got two, elbow the other one. If you're sitting alone, just, just do this and say, I need to choose life. I need to choose life today. Amen. That both you and your descendants may what? Live. When you choose life, your kids experience blessing. When you choose faith, your kids, grandkids, kids, grandkids, kids can experience blessing, right? Verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him. He is your life. Choosing life is choosing faith. When life gets hard, when the storm comes, not only what do you choose, but what do you cling to? What do you cling to? you see what it said there at the end of verse 20? It says, and that you may cling to him who is your life. 
Man, if some of us could cling to Jesus like we cling to our smartphones. If some of us could cling to the promises of God like we cling to our coffee cups. If some of us could believe in Jesus and run and choose life through faith like we run to our prescription pills or our drugs or alcohol or our sex addiction that nobody knows about. Did I go too far? See, when I, when I, whatever I'm clinging to reveals my choice. So when it gets hard, what do you run to? Man, who wants to run to God with me today? Hey, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but that's my desire. I, when, I, when, when, when Ian gets messed up, when Ian is tempted, when Ian has, has issues of life arise, I want to run to Jesus. I want to cling to the promise and the word of God above all else. All right, so look at that first point. Patton already gave this to you. So when we choose life, we, uh, excuse me, we choose life when we choose prayer over panic. And the Lord just reminded me, isn't it so amazing how we, we open up the altar this morning? We haven't done that in a while. You know this altar is always open. But I love when God calls a corporate altar call. And God wants us to be a people of prayer. Do you know prayer is a byproduct of relationship with God? Let me expound on that in a moment. If I believe in God, if I say I'm in relationship with God, I need to be in a dialogue with Him every day, all day. Where's my married folks? How messed up would it be if you just never talked to your spouse ever? Now, we're going through a new season. We got brand new kids, and we don't nearly talk to as much as we to each other like we used to, right? If you have kids, you understand that. But how messed up would that be if you just you're married to your spouse, but you, you don't ever say a word to each other every single day? There'd be something wrong with that relationship. So if I believe in God and I'm not in prayer with him every single day, there's something wrong. I'm not choosing life through faith in prayer. And so when the tests and the storms come, we have a choice to choose life or death. And so my day gets messed up. Something happens. What happens? I panic. I get stressed out. The enemy steals my joy. I get frustrated. I'm angry. All because I let panic take the steering wheel. I didn't allow panic. See, panic, that's, that's going to happen. Even if you live for Jesus, panic will come, panic will go. But I have to allow the panic points of life to push me to a place of prayer. When you get panic, do you just panic even more? Or when you panic, do you get to your knees? Watch this. Where's all my football fans at? All right, keep them, you put them down. Where's all my Bama fans at? Yeah. Y'all all be just hold on a second. If you watched the game yesterday, something pretty major happened to the Bama football team. 
What happened? We lost our starting quarterback. That's a big deal, especially when he's the Heisman Trophy winner from last year. The Lord just showed me this yesterday. He said, man, we got believers that pray harder for their team when they're going through something hard than they do to pray for their families. They pray harder for their favorite team out of panic than they do for their own kids, than they do for their own families, than they do for their own sanity. Is that messed up? Yeah, and it's probably true in a lot of ways. We need to allow panic to move us to a place of prayer because prayer positions us. Prayer positions you to a place of trust, to a place of belief, to to a place of faith that says, God, I'm going through this. I may be panicked. I may be stressed out, but I'm relying on you. It positions you for blessings. It positions you for prosperity and for life. Because if, if I don't allow prayer to position me, panic will remove me. Panic will keep you. Panic will steal from you and kill from you and destroy you. And so if you could cling to God through prayer, because you know it's prayer that connects us. Like we cling to all the other things, maybe our lives could change. Maybe you could believe again. Maybe you could have joy and peace again. Hey, and maybe if you have joy and peace, you can walk in real power. Right? Real power that God gives. Look at Philippians 4, 6 through 8. I love this scripture. It says, don't be anxious or worried about anything. Try to wrap your mind around that. Instead, pray about everything. If we got the time to worry, think about all that time that you spend worrying about the thing. You set up imagination after imagination. You draw up all these ways it's going to go, and you think about all the negative ways. All the negative things. If you could use all that energy and pour it into prayer, come on, somebody. God would meet you. He would meet you. He says, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for all He has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand, anything that we can think or imagine. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live for Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. I love this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about that, those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Don't be anxious or worried about anything. Instead, pray about everything. At the beginning of the year, one of my goals was to uh, read the Bible in, in its entirety, which I'm, I'm doing a good job of. 
and also to read at least five books. And I'm reading my fifth book. Actually, I've already started a couple weeks back. It's by a, a, a pastor, Chad Veach. He's, he's a, a young pastor in Los Angeles of all places. And he's actually, I started, it's a book on prayer. And I love the title. His title of his book is, I Worry About Everything Because I Pray About Nothing. That statement just leapt in my spirit. Right? He used Philippians and just flipped it to really drive home a point that many people, many Americans, many people all over the world, many believers, many Christians, we really worry about everything because if I'm honest, I'm probably praying about nothing. We're, we're not living the word of God out. And we get mad when God doesn't show up, and we get mad when it doesn't go my way. Now, God's not a genie. It's not always going to go your way. Can you still trust Him when it doesn't go your way? Does it change the authenticity of who God is when it doesn't go your way? No. And I don't have all the answers in all those gray areas. Well, God blessed them, and He didn't bless me or bless us. And All I know is, 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 God, is God's ways are higher. And his thoughts are, are pure and holy. And so what could happen if we weren't anxious about anything and instead began to pray about everything? In that book, Pastor Chad Beach, chapter 2, he talks about believers, we need to move into a place of prayer that prays from, not for. Think about the completed work of Christ. Do you know that when Jesus said, amen, it's finished on the cross? Amen, it's finished. And so what would happen if you need freedom, right? What happened if you went into prayer and you prayed from a place of freedom that Jesus has already purchased for you? Instead of asking God, I need freedom, go to a place and pray from freedom that Jesus bought for you. Right? You need forgiveness, so you're going into your prayer closet asking for forgiveness. Instead of asking for forgiveness, what happens if you prayed from forgiveness because you are forgiven in Jesus' name? Praying from confidence instead of asking for confidence. Praying from restoration that Jesus bought and paid for instead of asking for restoration. Man, that challenged me. Because Jesus has paid it all. And if I feel like I don't have, it's not because I don't have, it's because I bought a lie somewhere. I, I'm not seeing the full picture, I'm seeing what other people have, and I shortchange myself. Tell yourself this, write this down, I have everything that I need from God. You have everything that you already need. It's already there. You just got to stir it up by the Spirit of God and call it out through prayer. Don't choose panic, choose prayer. Look at that first point, that next point. So there's a few, there's a few amazing things that happens when we utilize prayer. We need to be a people of prayer, and these aren't in any specific order because they really all happen simultaneously. These five things I'm going to give you today, they, they all happen at the same time, when you take the time to pray, right? Look at, look at this, how amazing and truth-filled statement this is. Prayer is the release valve for the pressures of life. 
Panic does the opposite. It bottles up that pressure and internalizes the stress of life until you explode. Has anybody exploded recently? (laughs) What happened? We worried about everything and we didn't pray about anything. And I probably exploded. Somebody at work exploded on my spouse, exploded on my kids. Because everyone has pressure. You have pressure at work. You have pressure at home. You have pressure with ministry. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And God wants to alleviate that pressure through you meeting with Him in prayer. Because everybody has pressure. Everybody needs to pray. And it's a release valve, right? It's every time you meet with them, you get to let off some steam. A steady dose of prayer releases that pressure. You get to go and you vent to God. You know your prayers don't have to be some sanctimonious, holy, perfect thing. I go to God sometimes and I feel like I just vomit all over. <laughs> like, God, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this. I, I got this, and and I can get overwhelmed, but I know that God sees me, and I know that God hears me. When you pray to God, you can let it all out. It doesn't have to come out pretty. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just got to come from the heart. And if you pray from the heart, I promise you, as your pastor, I promise you, there will be a steady release of pressure. There'll be a steady release of that pressure. And guess what? You don't have to explode on people. You don't have to feel angry anymore. Tell God you're angry if you're angry. Tell God you're angry if you're angry. Y'all read the Psalms? You'd think David was bipolar, right? God, God, why why have you forsaken me? And then, oh, I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. What was it? He was honest with God. Stop trying to pretend that you're perfect in front of God. He knows we're all imperfect. He wants you to admit that you are. Look, I love this. Look at Luke 5.16. Jesus is our standard. We need to look at Jesus, learn from Jesus, read the red letters. What does it say? But Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness for what? What do you think Jesus was doing as he withdrew into the wilderness for prayer? He was probably venting. You want to talk about some pressure? He had masses following him all. He had to get away from people to meet with God. You need a daily retreat with Jesus. You better shut the phone off. You better shut the TV off. You better get away from your spouse, from your kids. We don't need to retreat from the enemy, but we need a daily retreat, come on, somebody, to meet with God through prayer, to connect so that I can tell him what's going on, so that I can tell him what I'm believing and trusting in for the day, so that he can begin to alleviate the pressures of life. Look at 1 Peter 5, 6 or 7. This is what happens when we do that. When we choose to make that daily retreat through prayer, that conversation, that dialogue with God, 
we humble ourselves. That's what happens, right? So it says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares about you. Isn't that all that prayer is? Casting our cares onto him. Choosing humility to say, I'm not God, but I'm going to trust in the one. What does the Bible say? It resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Are you humble enough to seek God's face every single day? Even when it's hard, even when it's going good, do you remember to thank Him? We remember to go to Him when it's hard. Can we remember to go to Him when it's going good? Thank Him and worship Him for the good? Right? Prayer humbles us. Prayer is an act of faith that casts our cares on a God that's bigger than the issue. When you go to God through prayer, you cast your cares on Him, you're saying, God, I believe you're bigger than this thing. I believe you're bigger than the panic. You're bigger than the fear. You're bigger than the hurt. You're bigger than the anger. Because prayer positions us to a place of faith. Prayer is a byproduct of relationship. So if I don't run to God through prayer, what's wrong with my relationship? Is there an offense? Is there hurt? Is there anger? Is there doubt? Is there pride? Is there so many things that can keep us from running to God, clinging to God. So many things that are keeping us from doing that through prayer. So look at that next point. So I want you to see that prayer is a release valve. You can alleviate pressure. The next thing is He begins to fill us. A lot of us are running on empty. And maybe we're running on empty because we haven't allowed God to fill us through prayer. Prayer fills us with peace. It sets our mind on God, reminds us of what He has done. Panic does the opposite. It robs us of peace and causes our minds to race in a million different directions. Think when you run to God, and I hope you're doing this every day. I know when I do this, when I run to God through prayer, I experience His peace. I experience the gifts of God, the, the, the patience, the goodness, the kindness. Prayer, we're talking about choosing life. Prayer is literally a life cycle. Because when I go to God through prayer, He fills me with His peace. And when I walk in His peace, guess what else? I get to walk in His power. So many people are chasing the power. I want the power of God evident in my life, but I don't want to chase prayer first. You can't have real power if you bypass prayer. You can't have real peace. Jesus said, I come to give you peace. Not peace that the world gives, but real, genuine peace. I want to take your heavy burdens and give you Rest, he said. 
And so if you are running on empty, have you gone to God through prayer to allow him to fill you? Because prayer is a cycle of life. You say, Pastor Ian, I feel like I'm on a cycle of life. I feel like I'm on a cycle of death. And I feel like I'm on a cycle of death because I have panic. Panic releases stress. And stress releases anxiety. And anxiety releases more negative thoughts. Before I know it, I don't know where I'm at, what I'm doing. I don't even know if I believe I'm a child of God anymore. I don't know if I can do this Christian thing anymore. I'm so hurt. I'm so offended. I'm so turned off. It's because you're on a cycle of death. God wants to invite you in relationship through prayer, through dialogue, to put you back on the cycle of life, choosing life. Look at Isaiah 26, through uh, 3 and 4. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. What do we do through prayer? You fix your thoughts and all your energy on God. We fix our thoughts. God wants to fix your thoughts because your thoughts are broken. <laughs> oh, that was for free. God wants to fix your thoughts, but you got to fix your thoughts on Him. You got you to gotta get away like Jesus. You got to have a retreat that says, I'm going to fix everything that I have on you, God, for this next half hour. And if you fix your thoughts on God, He'll fix your thoughts. Guess what else He wants to fix? Your trust. Did you see that in verse 4? Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is your eternal rock. Our trust is at times broken. I can trust God on Sunday mornings when the worship team's up here killing it. Y'all, they killed it today. And they killed it last week and the week before. And I can trust God in the sanctuary, but I really struggle trusting God when I'm by myself. In the middle of a Tuesday afternoon when all hell is breaking loose on my life. Got all the pressures of life. When that happens, don't hit the panic button. Hit the prayer button. Say, I'm going to fix my thoughts on you, God, and because I'm going to do that, please fix my thoughts. Fix my trust because I want to trust in you. Anybody want to trust in Jesus today? Ah, look at that next point. Kind of already got ahead of myself. So prayer, he fills us. And he also fixes our thoughts, right? It says, I'm the solution. Panic distorts our thoughts and magnifies the problem. Through prayer, God fixes our thoughts, right? He fixes our trust. And we need to run to do that because we don't immediately gravitate towards God and towards the good things when bad things are happening, right? So through prayer, God fixes the problem Get this, by fixing the way that we think about the problem. And this is why you need prayer. There's been so many times in my life where I got a problem, I got an issue, I got a solution. I take the time to go through prayer, real, say real, real, real prayer. And God doesn't just fix my thoughts, he gives me the answer to my solution. Because he, he fixes my thoughts by changing the way that I see the problem. 
changing the way that I see the, the issue. He gives us God's perspective. You need God's perspective over the problem. You need God's perspective over the issue. Because without God's perspective, you'll stay lost. You'll stay bound. You'll stay hurt. You'll stay stuck in panic, stuck in stress, stuck in, in anxiety. Right? Because God fixes the problem by fixing the way that we think about the problem in prayer. It's so amazing because at the very same time, nothing actually changes in that moment, but everything changes. Give God a hand. That's, that's pretty awesome. Only God can do that. That's the peace of God that he gives you. That's how God fills you. Literally, nothing changes, but everything changes in a moment. Because I chose prayer, because I chose faith, because I chose trust in that moment of intimacy with God. All right, look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. These are pretty bold statements. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I know this. If we would take the time, instead of worrying about everything and praying about nothing, if we would not worry, not stress, not be anxious, and pray about everything, you can have real joy. You don't have to run around like a chicken with your head cut off like the rest of the world does. You can have something set in here, something set that no one can steal from you. That says, no, I prayed from a place from peace. God's already given me peace. I, played from a, I prayed from a place from confidence, from love, from freedom, from forgiveness. Who the Son sets free is. Jesus said, you shall know the, and the will set you free. Never stop praying, it says. Never stop praying. Y'all ever you know somebody that just loves to talk all the time? Maybe you got somebody at work. Maybe it's who you're sitting next to. You can know holy elbows if you want. That person that loves to talk all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. But really, I feel like that's God's picture for us as children of God. He wants us talking to Him all the time. When I wake up, on my way to work, when I get to work, Prayer isn't something we should turn on and turn off. It should be something that is constantly resonating and stirring us up every day, all day. If you can stay thankful, you'll worship God in prayer. If you can stay thankful, you'll worship God no matter the circumstance. Look at it like this. When you choose not to worship God in all circumstances... You make the circumstance your God. You say, this circumstance is above you, God. It continues to steal, kill, and destroy. You've made that your God. You bow at that thing. It's taken power over you. God wants to release power in you. But you have to put, you got to submit that thing onto God. We've got to enthrone him, right? Enthrone God. Look at that next one. Another thing that simultaneously happens is prayer connects us to God and makes us participators. I love that. It connects us and it makes you a participator all at the same time. 
Because panic, it does the opposite. It separates us from God and makes us victims of our circumstances. I was just literally talking about that. When you choose the panic over prayer, you become a, a victim of that circumstance, a victim of the scheme of the enemy on your life. God wants you to be connected. He wants you to see truth. He wants you to know truth. He wants you to truth, choose truth. And he wants to make us participators in the kingdom of God. If you feel disconnected today, how is your prayer life? If you feel disconnected today, it's probably because something has separated you. The circumstance has made you a victim. I know this world wants to celebrate victims today. It's like the bigger victim you are, the more they'll celebrate you. God calls you a victor in Jesus' name. Rise from the ashes and celebrate who God is and what he's done. Because prayer, it connects us to the God of life through making us a participator in the kingdom of God. Look at James 5.16. It says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. God wants to make us participators in the kingdom of God by connecting us to his kingdom through prayer. The longer you pray, the more you see your life is not about you. The longer I pray, the longer I live for Jesus, the longer I follow God, the more and more I see my faith is not about me. It says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. God wants you to be connected in prayer with Him so that you can be uh, aware to what's going on around, around you, uh, what's going on in the lives and people that God has placed around you so that you can be a participator in the healing of God. How awesome. But if we're so focused on me, myself, and I, and my pity, and my circumstances, and the storm, and the hurt, and the offense, and the lack of, oh, take a breath. I'll miss who I'm supposed to bless. I'll miss who I'm supposed to pray for. I'll miss it because I'm living in panic, stuck on a death cycle. Instead of being filled with this peace, patience, power, living, choosing life on the life cycle, being a participator in heavenly places because prayer connects us. Say that with me. Prayer connects us. Amen. Don't forget that. Prayer is what connects you. If you feel disconnected, how is your prayer life? Look at the last point for today. I saved the best for last. Prayer opens the door for the supernatural to be manifested in our lives. Panic shuts the door through anxiety and worry. Think about that. When you go to God through prayer, it opens the door. Y'all ever had somebody pray over you? Lord, open the doors that only you can open and shut all the doors that you don't want me to walk through, right? What an awesome prayer. When I go through prayer in connection with God every single day, He opens up the doors. But it's on you and me to choose which doors to walk through. Choosing life, not death. Choosing blessings, blessings, not curses. And if prayer opens up divine doors in our lives, we should get excited about prayer. 
People say we're excited about prayer, but why is it such a chore? Y'all know we have prayer at the church here every first Sunday of every month. And I've been here by myself almost every single month this year. With the exception of maybe three or four Sundays, I had maybe Papa Larry and Shondor and maybe Matt Green and Jonathan Talley's come a few times. If God opens up divine doors in my life, I should be excited to want to experience Him through prayer. Come on, somebody. If I'm not excited, what's wrong? Prayer is not a chore. Prayer is not a job. Prayer is a byproduct of your relationship with God. If you don't want to run to God through prayer, that means there may be something wrong with us. Do I have sin in my life? Is there something I think I'm hiding from God? Is there hurt? Because I don't know about you, but I want God's divine doors to open up in my life. So that's going to make me excited to want to meet with him every single day. To open God's doors, you got to shut all others. You can't have a plan B. To open God's doors, you got to shut all others. I love this. Look at Matthew 6, 6. This is Jesus. But when you pray, go away by yourself and what? Shut the door behind you and pray to your father and what private then your father who sees everything will reward you to open God's doors I got to shut all others when I meet with God I got to shut all the doors so that God can open all the right doors I got to get still I get quiet I got to get honest I got to get open I got to get transparent because when I do that God rewards that type of faith it says he will give you everything that you need. He will reward you for trusting in Him. Look at Mark eleven twenty two 22 through 24. I'm going to close. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and be thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. If you believe it, you've received it, it will be yours if we have the time to worry about it why don't we take the time to believe it to believe for it why don't we take the time to speak to it speak to the thing take it captive submit it to God through prayer and if you believe in your heart and do not doubt like Jesus said it can be yours it can be yours. Who's got a dream, a God-sized dream? Keep those hands lifted. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over those honest hands. You have a divine God dream. You have a divine God prayer. You have a divine mountain facing you. You're facing a mountain. I want to remove that thing and cast it into the sea. Amen. I want to pray over all these hands. I think every single hand in this place is lifted up. God, mountain upon mountain upon mountain. And we just speak faith. God, I thank you that prayer connects us. God, give us the revelation, the, 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 the God vision for the mountain. Give us the solution. Jesus, you're the answer to everything. 
God, we speak to it. We ask that it be removed in Jesus' name. God, we ask that you would open all the right doors and close all the doors. We don't have a plan B. Jesus, you are our plan. Jesus, you said you are the good shepherd and my sheep follow me and obey me because they know my voice. God, I pray that when you speak, we would listen and that we wouldn't stop there. We would follow you to wherever it is you lead us. In Jesus' name, if you receive it, say amen. Amen, amen. If you are born again, you're in a relationship with God. Last thing I want to do is, I want you right now to pray for the lost. Pray for the lost, dying world out there who needs Jesus, needs the truth of God. If you're here in the sanctuary, you're watching this online, and you say, Pastor Ian, something you said today stirred me up, and it just revealed to me, it showed me that I'm not living for God. I got some things in my life I need to lay down. Something you said inspired me. I, I want to make God my everything today. I, I want to trust in God through His Son, Jesus. I believe that He is. And I want to change my life today. I got good news for you. You can change it right now. What I want you to do is I want you to have the faith to do something with what God is saying in your heart right now. What I want you to do is no one's looking at you, I promise. We're actually praying for you right now. But if you're in our sanctuary, you say, I want to make that prayer today. I want you to stand up. Just physically stand up right now to say, hey, God is speaking to me. I want to make him my Lord and Savior today. A few seconds to do that. If you're watching us online and you're make, making that prayer decision, put something in the chat for us to let us know. Say, hey, I'm praying that. I want to make that my choice, my decision. I want to choose life today. Amen. I want to choose life today in Jesus. Amen. I want to lead us all in a prayer. There's no one standing in our campus, but there could be somebody praying this online. So I want to lead us all in a prayer. Let's say it loud and proud today. So Heavenly Father, God, we believe in you. We accept your Son. We confess that he is Lord of my life. Please forgive me of my sins, of my past and shortcomings. Release me into my full potential in Christ. Redeem my future in Jesus' name. And send the Holy Spirit as a helper. I pray this in faith. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good stuff. So who's going to choose life tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m.? The alarm clock goes off. Right. We love you guys. Y'all are dismissed. If you're glad you came to church.